Welcome to the Pineapple Couch. Today is January 9th. I am B-Rob, and I am joined by Big Dog, as I am always. Big Dog, how you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, excited to talk a little NFC or AFC and NFC NFL divisional round playoffs. We're going to recap the wild card a little bit. We're also going to jump into a little of the national championship game, which will be this upcoming Monday on... Um, with LSU and Clemson, and then we also are going to talk a little, a, a strange question we're going to dive into, and we're going to hope for some feedback on it. It just has to do with animals and football. We'll leave it at that. And then we're going to talk a little Pac-12 because there were some coaching changes today in college football, and then end it with some NBA gossip. Um, this is the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. You can subscribe on iTunes as well as Spotify, and then you can also now, we're on Instagram and YouTube, the Pineapple Couch. And we, um, we did a little video recapping Wildcard Week, and we're going to do little video snippets of each podcast, so follow us on there. We might occasionally also give out some gambling picks that you can choose to take or fade us. It is up to you. All right, Big Dog, let's get into this weekend's games. We're going to start with my Super Bowl pick, the San Francisco 49ers. They're hosting the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins right after the You Like That Round 2 game. Um, how did... Let's talk about how the Vikings got here. So the Vikings last week beat the Saints 26-20 in overtime. And it we talked about this on the video that we have on the Pineapple Couch on Instagram, but we'll rehash it here. Kirk Cousins made two big-time throws. What was your takeaways coming? Like, are you confident in Kirk Cousins now going forward? No, you know, <laughs> blind squirrel finds an acorn, but it's good for him. I like saying that for a person who gets criticized as yeah. much as Cousins. Yeah, I think... Um, I think sometimes he was rightfully criticized, but other in other ways, I think it was like kind of unfair how much. Um, because look, he's they're in the playoffs; they're doing well this year. That was the highlight of his career. Um, long story short, I think his Cinderella run comes to an end this weekend. What about you? I'm, I'm leaning the Niners as yeah. well. Okay, so let's set the stage. The Niners are favored by seven at home. The Vikings money line you can get at plus two fifty, and then the over under in this game is forty four. Um, Really, all signs in this game should point to the Niners. The Niners have, we've talked about this at great length, their rushing game, the way they block downfield. Jimmy G's come along as the season's gone on. And also, George Kittle is electric off the field and also seems to not be able to be stopped on the field. Um, do you have anything to throw at me that make me feel a little weird about the Niners? What do you got here? Well, i got a stat that might make you concerned. Stat dog. The Niners are 3-4-1 against the spread at home this year. Mm, you wouldn't expect that from you such a good team. You wouldn't expect that, and they have a bye. But Kirk Cousins, back to the—it felt like they won the Super Bowl. That locker room was Kirk Cousins' Super Bowl. He finally yeah. won a good team I feel like you got to wait to bust out that you'd like that. That's like a Super Bowl or NFC Championship win, but he just shot his load too early. And I think this is the round we forget why four teams have playoff buys. Yeah, so— um. Just uh, to kind of jump on that, I got a stat for you. So last year in the wild card, this year we had three underdogs win in the wild card round, and then um, the Seahawks were the fourth team to win, and they were a favorite, but they were on the road. Last year, all four underdogs won in the wild card round. I remember that. And then what happened after that? All four favorites won in the divisional round. Hmm. So is that maybe some foreshadowing for this year? Is it going to be different? It remains to be seen, but I love the Niners minus seven here. I think that the Niners are a leg- like with the Saints going out, 
I think that's really cleared the way for them to win the NFC. Not saying that Green Bay, Seattle wouldn't pose a challenge. I just think that the Saints were probably the biggest threat to the Niners. And I think they're going to roll through the Vikings, I would say like 27-10, something around there. So that would lean under with the under 44. But one stat for you is Minnesota has the best defense in the league against tight ends. Does George Kittle just be, does George Kittle just kind of be like, fuck that stat, I'm going to destroy you? He'll, he'll, he'll be okay, George Kittle, I think. Are you worried about Dalvin Cook? Because he had 28 touches last week and so, he did really well. I know the Niners have a good day. Yeah, it's kind of the so same like, thing. What you're gonna, but. what's gonna really matter with that is why the Vikings, like Cook, was so effective for the Vikings. Is we talked about how Kamara has struggled, right? So the Vikings were really like, I don't have the stats in front of me, but they were able to dominate the ball. They probably had a good time possession. Time possession. They had yeah. like an advantage there. And while I think that Dalvin Cook will, I don't think the Niners are gonna shut him down. I do think that the Niners one have a better running game than the Saints surprising like no one would have said that before this year but so they'll be able to keep the the time of possession a lot closer than the saints were and then also the 49ers front four is is very very good and fred warner is a speedy linebacker and they're a very inspired defense so i do think it'll be a battle i think dalvin cook will get his um but i think what the niners are gonna do and i think this is what i would do and correct me if this isn't what you'd do i'm gonna make Kirk cousins beat me I think that's a good call. Don't make Dalvin Cook beat you. Make Kirk Cousins beat you. And then it's like you have you have Richard Sherman out there in the secondary leading it, a veteran. I like the Niners here. Um, but, I mean, the Saints, I did expect the Saints to beat the Vikings, and the Vikings did surprise some people. Mike Zimmer is a good coach. I just lean Niners here so, so much. Vikings are very well balanced, but it's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so that's Second like round. when you look at their team, their defense is good. They have a good running game, great receiving core. Do you believe Mark in Kirk Cousins? Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't. And so maybe we could be proven wrong. I mean, if if you're listening to this and you're confident in the Vikings, I mean, what the line for your money line is plus 250. So if you have a confidence in the Vikings, take that. But I'm leaning Niners minus seven. Also, we'll probably throw them in a tease of some sort. Uh, do you have anything else on this game? No. Okay, that's going to be the first game of the day on Saturday our second game we have the Tennessee Titans fresh off of knocking out the New England Patriots 20 to 13 in Foxborough they are going to be traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens the Ravens are favored by nine and a half the Titans money line you can get at plus 320 and the over under in this game is 51 points big dog what are your initial thoughts on this matchup See, at first I see nine and a half points in a playoff game, and I kind of was thinking, I want to go Titans for this. Like, that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Titans are feeling so good because they just won their Super Bowl because they, quote-unquote, ended the Patriots dynasty, which isn't true. Um, I just, I'm afraid if Lamar Jackson comes out in the first drive, they score in two or three plays, the Titans will never be able to come back. Yeah, because Ty- Tannehill looked terrible last He looked week. bad. I think he had 76 yards and, passing. And so what the big question, I think, with this line, and if you were to consider Tennessee plus nine and a half, what you have to do, convince yourself in your mind, is that Tennessee beat a Patriots team. And so a lot of people, including me a little, I thought that that was like, it wasn't a great Patriots team. So the question becomes, how much value do you place in that Titans win? So it's like, they just beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So maybe they are going to keep this game close. 
But Derrick Henry was perfect, and they scored. They really scored fourteen points. I mean, they're can he have a better game than that? And I don't know how much better Tannehill will be this mm-hmm. week. And the Ravens have a good defense. It's a lot of this is I'm leaning Ravens minus nine and a half. I mean, just because of Lamar's dominance this year. But if the Vic, if the Titans stay in this game. We had evidence of why it could happen last week and how smart Mike Vrabel was coaching with the draining the time off the clock against Belichick. And you also have Derrick Henry who, like, conversely, like, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm totally leaning Ravens. But let's say the Titans start, the Ravens start with the ball and they go three and out or two, a first down and three out. And then the Vikings come down and do, like, a nine-minute drive and score a touchdown with Derrick Henry. That's the so I think the beginning of this game is really going to decide it because it'll like, determine how the Titans can play. See, and like, but the problem with that because that's what the Bills said last week is where they they were winning sixteen nothing. You you can't score field goals to win, and eventually it takes one touchdown and a two point conversion, and they're right back in it. The, mm-hmm. Especially with the pace of the Titans, you got to score when you're in the red zone. The Ravens are just too good. Mm-hmm. So like a couple things to back the Ravens here. Um, the Ravens are the fifth best team against the run in the NFL. So Derrick Henry is like human cyborg, whatever he is that, I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to shut him down, but the Ravens have been very good against the run this year. Um, Mark Ingram is supposed to see, this is still an if at this point, guys, we're still recording this on a Thursday is supposed to be back healthy. And he is a dynamic runner. And we were just talking about the lack of a saints running game. Well, losing him and replacing him with Latavius Murray. That's why. And so maybe in like the, downfall of Kamara in a way even though he's still very good I think largely should be attributed to the loss of Mark Ingram and how important he was absolutely so um that's big to have him back and then um I have a a game or a a guessing game of somewhat for you there are five Heisman winners playing in this game Tennessee Baltimore can you name all five Jackson Lamar Jackson Henry Derek Henry. Uh, Derek Henry. <laughs> Did I say Lamar Henry? No, you uh, said Henry, and then I was, I'm was. i just trying to repeat. Um, Henry Jackson. Is, who's defense? It's be, no. So, I'll help you out. So, you got Mark Ingram. Oh, Ingram, yeah. RG3. Oh, yeah, RG3. And the human version of Toad, Marcus fucking Mariota. Oh, that's right. Both backups. So both backup quarterbacks yeah. and two Alabama running backs and then Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh. And then there's Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> the only QB on the, either roster that doesn't have a Heisman. I'm just kidding. That's funny. Um, all right. So, um, yeah, I, I think the the Ravens roll here. I like the nine and a half. Um, I would like to tease that down because of I'm not scared of Mike Vra- or I'm not scared of Ryan Tannehill. I'm scared of Henry and Vrabel because Vrabel, if – it's it's gonna really come down to coaching with this. Like, if you can somehow try to control the ball against the Ravens, that's your only shot. That's why I think like a team like the Niners and Chiefs are the teams that are gonna be able to take them out. Really, probably only those two teams. Um, so, do you have anything else in this game? I like the Ravens. All right, so let's go to the Texans at the Chiefs. This is gonna be the first game of the day on Sunday. And a quick thing. So, um. We live in the West Coast, so if you live in the East Coast and you're listening to this, this doesn't really apply to you. I just want to complain about something. So on Saturdays, it's great. The first NFL game of the day is at 1, and then the next one's at like 4.30, 5, so you can watch a game at night. I just don't understand the logic of the NFL to be like, okay, Sunday, 
let's have them be earlier. I agree. I need Sunday night football. You already took away Monday night football. You took away Thursday night football. I no longer have Tuesday night action college football. You're going to take away Sunday night football? I will trade the 10 a.m. game on Sunday for a night game every single time. Yes. Every I would take time. two night games over anything Oh, my gosh. Else. I would just watch on multiple <laughs> screens. Um, so, yeah, that sucks. But uh, the first game of the day on Sunday will be Texans at Chiefs. This is an exciting game. The Texans actually did beat the Chiefs earlier this year. I like that. I think that's kind of a fluke, but let's go. We got Chiefs are favored by 9.5, Texans money line at plus 320, over under 51. My first comment I want to make is it is kind of wild seeing Deshaun Watson at plus 320. So my note about the Texans. So the Texans this year, they start slow a lot. So you saw them them dig themselves a hole when they played Denver. You saw them dig themselves into a hole last week against Buffalo. You can't, but they were able to get themselves out of the Buffalo game. You can't dig yourself in a hole against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He's not, they're not going to score 16 points at halftime and then only like get like another, wait, what did the, what did the Bills score again? Yeah, the Bills got a field goal in the second half. But you can't fall behind to Patrick Mahomes. No. He's not going to let you come back. I mean, I guess you're just praying for like the Andy Reid clock mismanagement but you have bill o'brien as your fucking coach so i don't know why i'd be too stoked about that so yeah i mean i just it's not easy to come back against the chiefs as is the bills the texans need to start hot if they have any chance in this game and the reason i'm so focused on this is because they have just laid huge eggs this year after takes them 30 minutes to get warm yeah and it's like you do a great game against the patriots and then you are down like 30 to 3 to the Broncos or something. Yeah, it's terrible. So, um, I lean Chiefs here. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the best quarterback in the NFL. Can't believe that is a controversial take now. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's that. I think a lot of people would say that, actually. Um, I have a couple notes for you before you go on this. Uh, the Chiefs have a top 10 red zone defense, and they're actually the 7th overall defense this year. They have been playing well as the game the year went on so that's something that you kind of like with certain teams you always imagine that they have a bad defense or something and like here's an example the Pittsburgh Steelers yes they had a very good defense this year if they have a bad defense you still for some reason in your head when you see the Pittsburgh Steelers like oh fuck they have a good defense it's just how it is so with the Chiefs it's kind of been like oh the Chiefs you know they're gonna give up a fuck ton of points no they've been pretty good this year and um, just to counter that, though, with the Chiefs' good red zone defense, the Texans, this shocked me. I looked up this stat thinking, like, oh, I bet you the Texans are in the bottom 10 in red zone efficiency just because Bill O'Brien. They're in the top 10. Really? They are. So this is an exciting matchup. Watson, Mahomes. Keep in mind, Mitchell Trubisky was taken before both of these guys. Um, what, do you, what do you got on this, Big Doug? Well, I bet that redstone stats because they always get fifty-yard touchdowns. They never make it to oh, the redstone. True, but good point. Uh, Will Fuller. That's going to be another. Like, what the fuck is he playing? Texans one seven and one against the spread. Their last night coming off a win. What did they do last week? They won. Love the that Chiefs. That is true. I picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are six and zero against the spread. Their last six. They've had that improved defense that you mentioned. Coming off a bye, we know how Andy Reid loves coming off a bye. They're home, and Patrick Mahomes, I think, is ready to go off. I think we're finally going to see him. You know, he was hurt earlier this year, and he's going to go off this playoffs. Yeah. 
I compl- I couldn't agree more. I love the Chiefs minus nine and a half here. I kind of was like initially like ah, I don't know. No, I like the Chiefs minus nine and a half here. I think they could win by over fourteen points. Um, something I'll throw out really quickly. If you were to tease the Niners, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, that's something I really like. And you might be going like, oh, no shit, Brian. Take the freaking favorites. Well, last year, all four favorites won. So if you were to parlay or you do a tease of the Niners, Chiefs, Ravens, it's a six-point tease, you get the Niners down to minus one, the Ravens down to minus three and a half, and the same with the Chiefs down to minus three and a half. That can't lose. Um, And we'll, we'll get to the next game because I think that might is probably the one that's most up in the air in my mind, at least uh, the Packers Seahawks. But in terms of Texans chiefs, just to reiterate, we both like the chiefs minus nine and a half. Um, how do you feel about that teaser big dog? So it'd be minus three go over again. So you, you tease the Niners from minus seven to minus one. Oh, okay. And then you te- tease the um, Ravens and chiefs from minus nine and a half to minus three and a half. Those are locks. Yeah. So I like that tease. Um, I see at least three blowouts this week. I think there's I think one. We got too much good football last week, and then because we had four really good games, mm-hmm. one someone's gonna tease us because there's no way that all four of them are gonna win again. But maybe, maybe do it again. Um, yeah. Well, let's stop beating around the bush. Let's get into it. We got the Seahawks at the Packers. The Seahawks beat the Eagles 17 to nine last week, and they really couldn't pull away from a Josh McCown led. Eagles team with a bunch of no-name wide receivers, so that's a bit concerning, but let's set the stage here first, Big Doug. Packers minus four. Seahawks money line you can find at plus 165, and then the over-under in this game is 47 points. Um, This is going to be tough for the Seahawks, so I think I was reading today that they had four offensive linemen mispracticed the last three days. That hurts. I think they had like 15 yards rushing last week. I mean, it kind of got – you didn't think about it as much because Marshawn Lynch got that touchdown. But he had like seven carries for six yards. And so when you don't have Chris Carson and who's their other that got hurt? Uh, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. It's going to hurt. And then also with the offensive linemen. And so like I know what a lot of people are saying is like, oh, my God, you don't fade Russell Wilson. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's tough in a, a road game in Green Bay to have – I mean, Marshawn Lynch, I'm glad he's back, but he's not. it doesn't appear like he's going to be able to run the ball for 15, 15 times over 80 yards. And with the offensive line struggles, it kind of seems like maybe Russell Wilson's going to be scrambling around all night. So I think that's really worrying for the Seahawks. What do you think? I'm actually, because I'm, I'm afraid of this game, but I'm doing something I haven't done this year. Taking the under at 47. Here's why. Ooh, ooh, I'm with you. Big Dog was checking out the weather. Ooh. It's supposed to be 19 degrees, and the night before, 90% chance of snow. How many times have the weathermen been wrong by one or two days? I'm thinking the snow comes in on Sunday. It's going to be cold. I don't like a rookie head coach going against Pete Carroll because I think their offense has been a mess the whole time. So I just think more low-scoring, crappy, sloppy play. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks don't get blown out, or they blow out, they don't blow out other teams. Neither do the Packers. And I see 20 to 13, something like that. Seahawks or Packers? I think the Packers are winning. I do too. I'm actually, like, that pains me to say, but I think the Packers win this because I don't want them to win that badly. Yeah, and I think, um, so I had, just to hop on your under train, I'm leaning under highlighted on my piece of paper. So (laughs) we're under, boys. Um, Life is not too short to bet the under. Uh, So with, with this game, 
with the four offensive linemen out and the running back problems we just talked about, if it's snowing, Seattle's fucked, I think. Because if you're not going to be able to move the ball, and then... Like, you're going to have to have Russell Wilson be the running yeah, back. The and then the, yeah. on the other side of the ball, Aaron Jones has been a monster this year. And that's another thing, like, we were talking about how you always think the Steelers... Uh, like because of the Steelers, you always think their defense is good. There's been this thing with the Packers where it's like any Packers running back, I'm kind of like, eh, he's not that good. Aaron Jones is that good. He is good. I, and if he can control that game, I think the Packers, I don't think they roll, but I think they could win maybe by 10. Um, but there is a formula for the Seahawks winning. Yeah, I'll give it to you. So I guess it would be with your mention of the weather, a little weather break, not as snowy, right? And then you would need... They would need to keep it within a score the whole game. You can't b- fall behind too much, I think, because what you, with the Packers generally this year, what they've done is they've started well, and then they really taper off. Their lowest um, scoring per quarter is the fourth quarter. So if you're Seattle, you're a good fourth quarter team. You want to keep it close, and then you really need to have Metcalf take over because Seahawks fans probably don't want to admit this. If he didn't do what he did last week against the Eagles – I mean, Josh McCown might have a chance to win that game. So you really you need the weather. You need to keep it within a score. You need Metcalf. And then you need to manufacture some sort of running game. So whether that be um, what we've seen in like places like San Francisco and probably others, I've just, I think San Francisco, you have like wide receiver reverses. You've running the tight end. Is Seattle going to maybe try to manufacture some sort of running game through that? Because I do think it's so crucial they need some sort of running I game. I think Pete Carroll's got a couple tricks up his sleeve. I think he knows this is this LaFleur's first time as a head coach in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think it's tricky. and they got, they got a lot more experience. I know they have Rodgers, but you got Wilson and Carroll. Yeah, and you never – I mean, that's a formidable duo you never really want to go against. Um, they're just – if you're a Seahawks fan, you're just praying for offensive line health. Because I mean, when I mean, how many times is Marshawn Lynch gonna run the ball this week? Mm-hmm. Over twelve, under, under. Okay, I just don't think he can have that type of workload yet. So yeah, I lean, um, I lean Packers there, and so like I said, all four favorites won last year. And then if you want to ride that this year, if you parlay all four of the over or the favorites, just their money lines, pays out two to one. So that's not too bad. Let's move on now to the college football national championship. I'm excited. I'm I'm so excited for this game. Is it weird that you might get mad at me for saying this? I am more excited for LSU Clemson than any NFL game this weekend. This weekend, that's okay. That's acceptable this weekend because if we would have had the Pats, I would have been super excited for Pats Chiefs. And then if the Saints would have won, I would have really enjoyed yeah. Saints Packers. And Niner Seahawks. Because I really could see kind of four blowouts this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, But LSU-Clemson, I am stoked about. So let's set the stage. LSU is favored by six. It started at seven. It's slowly coming down. Clemson's money line's at plus 190. The over-under is 69.5. Everyone. Er, so here's how this worked. Or let me explain how I think this line worked. So after LSU destroys Oklahoma and Clemson barely wins, everyone's like, oh, LSU's going to kill Clemson. And then because so many people are on LSU, you see that li- the line got high, so people are jumping on Clemson because Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, has never lost. So you're going to get a lot of people are jumping on that money line. So I think what we're going to see happen, because this game's on Monday, I think we're going to see this line maybe go to five, four and a half, because I think what people are going to start realizing is this is a very even matchup. 
And again, I'll say it again. Trevor Lawrence has never lost. So it is idiotic to have him be a seven-point underdog. Um, I'm really excited for this game. I'm If Clemson is at plus 190, I am taking that money line. That is great value. And then also you take a minus – you take L, or Clemson plus six. If it – drops more maybe i start to get in my head a little with coach o but when it's at six i mean you'd have to get to like three and a half to get me to maybe start thinking lsu because clemson trevor lawrence andrew what has he never done he has never lost yeah and so (laughs) this is i have a this is like a fun little exercise for you so you have lawrence you have burrow who would you rather have i'm gonna give you two scenarios who would you rather have for this game Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? It's a tough Trevor, question. I want Trevor Lawrence. You still. want Trevor Lawrence? I think because I've seen number one picks before who are supposed to get picked, and then like Heisman winners, they don't play that well in the national championship. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Okay. And then who would you, let's say you, um, I have magic powers and I make Trevor Lawrence a year older, so he is going out in the same year as Joe Burrow. Who would you take at the number one pick, I'd Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence because he's done it longer. I mean, so many schools had questions, and you got to love the adversity Burrow shows, and he's like, oh, look at me. I won the Heisman now after getting declined by schools and stuff, but I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Hard to argue with you there, but I'm going <laughs> to make an argument. Um, okay. I think, I mean, because really, like, with these two guys. They're the back. They're the so f- good. Two number it's one so, picks. It's so hard to choose between these two. Um for this game, I think I'd rather have Burrow because he has all this momentum. I know how you said that that could possibly go wrong, but Joe Burrow right now is the most confident player in college football. He absolutely picked apart, while be it a bad Oklahoma team, I would want to take Joe Burrow just because I think that the confidence that he has and the way his teammates believe in him and his relationship with his coach, I'll take Joe Burrow for this game, but I agree with you. I would take Trevor Lawrence in the draft. And when I say I'd take Trevor Burrow, it's like 51 to 49, so don't make me feel bad about it. It's just tough. I mean, because... Well, I like from Trevor Lawrence, because remember when he took that big hit in the Ohio State game? And he had that tweet. He's he's like, that woke me up. I think that's what you need after two years of winning. Something to wake you up. A good team like that. We're like, holy crap, we're down 16-0. We're still the best team. We're going to the national championship. Would you rather have Coach O or Dabo Sweeney for this game? I'd rather have Dabo Sweeney because he's been there. I like people that been there. And I know he's got the heart of a tiger, but so does Dabo. Here's what I will say about that. I'm ignoring any conventional thinking. Who do I want to be my coach? I want Coach fucking O. I would go into battle for that, man. I would pick up a spear and charge in whatever theoretical conflict Coach O is leading me into, which would be, you know, like a good fan fiction story, you know? You have, like, which coach would you pick? Like, you pick, like, a renegade crew to, like, go on some sort of, like, mission in the jungle. I mean, I'd want Coach O with me. Probably not Nick Saban. He seems like a dick. I would want Mike Leach. Mike Leach, that's true. Yeah, so let's go into that. Um, yeah, so I think we both go with Clemson, though, to wrap that up. Take, with, with take the, the points, six and a half. Take the points. Don't bet the team, bet the number. Um Rest in peace to the Pac-12. So Mike Leach agrees to leave Washington State to go to Mississippi State, which and now he joins just a packed 
loaded SEC coach, like with coaches in the SEC. It's crazy. Um, I really think Mike Leach is going to totally get Mississippi State relevant again because what you're going to take is the genius of Mike Leach and then give him the recruiting power of an SEC team. I love the move for Mississippi State. Just sucks for the Pac-12. What's what was Washington's coach's name? Chris Peterson. He's, He's gone, gone too. And so you lose. I think Mike Leach was the best coach. And you know and who got to stay? Don't you though? agree? Do you think Mike? I think Mike Leach was the best coach in the Pac-12. Because it's probably yeah, I'd say him. Because I don't think Clay Hilton is. I'm not that big of a fan of Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. And then what's that? Is it Peterson in uh? Well, he was Washington Oregon? the Huskies. Wait, who's Oregon? Oh, I, I know what he looks name. like, but you know, with Oregon, I still feel like it's like Chip Kelly's thing. I don't know why. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I like Mike Leach. You see, like, I'm pretty sure the last three or four years he's been, his quarterback's been in, what, the top three or four in passing in the country? <laughs> yep. I mean, I saw his quarterback throw nine touchdowns or something this year. Um, I love the move for Mississippi State. And I have a question for you before we move on, and it might be impossible to answer. Like, is there any way to fix the Pac-12? Not for a while. I mean, I think is the it SEC all on, it's and all Big on recruiting. Ten. Yeah, it's and, just the players are different, and and people in California, like Southern California, don't want to go to Southern California football schools anymore. They're mm-hmm. going to Washington. They're going to Oregon. Yeah, they're and they're going to, State, they're going to SEC teams. SEC. So it's just like the Pac-12 is in a very very tough situation. I mean, they're just going to keep Pac-12ing themselves. What happened with Oregon this year is the just how it goes. It's not they surprising. are their own. They're worst owner. They're going to lose some, whoever, let's say, Oregon next year again, maybe Utah. Who knows who it could be? Utah. SC. They're going to lose to someone stupid late in the season. They're going to lose to a Oregon State, a Washington State, a Stanford, a well, Cal. It's just they just USC, we can already fold the season because they open up against Alabama yeah, well, and Texas. So by USC. So it's, it's like what happened to Oregon <laughs> this year by playing Auburn. there goes their Heisman winner, too. Yeah. So, um, it's just, I, I want the Pac-12 to come back to life, but I, I really can't see a way. That's like, I have written, like, is there a freaking way to save this? Because I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to take away. a while. It's going to be a recruiting shift or something. Um, this is a fun little topic we have next. You might have seen this follow the pineapple couch on Instagram. I posted, um, which animal would you want to run to be your, like, which animal would you want to be every single member of a football team? So you'd have 11 zebras, 11 elephants, 11 mongoose, honey badgers, yada, yada, yada. So you did, I'm pretty sure you have a screenshot on your phone of what some website says the animal for the is have, best suited. I, I have all 11 positions. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell um, me what you think. So... Let's just set the stage here. What I think is really important when you're talking about an animal, and so again, it's all same of the eleven an animal. They're pl- or of this, all of the eleven positions are the same animal. Yes. So it's eleven gorillas. It's eleven this. So you really need to think about what you need to be a successful football team. So I lean just right away with the silverback gorilla. One because it's big, it's ferocious, and then two, it can catch a ball. And you could have some sort of passing game with the silverback gorilla. And you know what what seems like a great tight end? A silverback gorilla. (laughs) So not only would you have a good, like, I don't think you're going to have, like, a long game, but you're going to have a good play-action offense with the silverback gorilla. You're going to have great blocking. And then on defense, 
you're gonna lose you're not gonna have maybe as much speed on the outsides as some other animals but what you're gonna hope is you're gonna just control the line of scrimmage with the silverback gorillas and silverback gorillas are tall so if you're playing a, an opposing team of an animal that's smaller your defensive line of silverback gorillas theoretically if it puts its hands up it's a pretty fucking tall thing to throw what over. if i have 11 rhinos on defense though I can control the ground. I can control the chains. Well, then that's what happens when the the gorillas though can then run the play action. You don't think the rhinos are smart enough to? No, read I that? don't. I don't. <laughs> the the rhinos. It's like if you're if the gorillas are matched up against the rhinos. It's like what are the rhinos going to do on this play? Oh, they're going to run well, the I fucking can play ball up the middle. Defense, and I could have like I could have three like midfield rhinos. Then. They're pretty big. They could take up almost the whole field. So you're gonna just let me get easy fifteen to twenty yard no, completions? No, because by the time the I tackle you, you're getting you're fumbling, and the rhino's scooping that up and knocking the fumble down to our left. You're getting. I think you're back. underestimating the lateral quickness gorilla. of a silverback gorilla. I think you would juke the shit out of some rhinos, and then again, maybe you'd be successful sometimes. But a good play action bootleg, I think that's how you take down a rhino football team. <laughs> um, a couple things I want to throw out there because I did post this. I want to shout out uh, my friend Evan said a honey badger. Oh, that's great. That's good. Just, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to announce it. It just doesn't give a fuck. That's good. Um, A friend Peter agreed with the gorilla, so that's good. Um, Johnny, my brother, Rhino. Marley said Baby Yoda, which um, that's a good cultural reference. I love Baby Yoda, but. I mean, you could use the force. You know, I think this is a good question really quick before we get back into the animal. Groot versus Baby Yoda in football. I take Groot. I'm starting. There's so much Baby Yoda love that I'm starting. Like, they're just, like, shitting on Groot. Well, Baby Yoda can only do one Big play game. <laughs> you that can is only true. use the force once in that episode. That is true. Spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, Baby Yoda, that's going to be... You can have one play where you control everything, but you have to, so you you have have to, play... to keep up. But do you, if Yoda you have 11 Baby Yodas, do you get 11 of those you plays? You get 11 plays then. All right, so that's that's something to think about. <laughs> that might be a really good move. Um, okay, so can you break down for me by position yes, what, you, what we have as like the ideal animal for... Okay that position well a strong safety free safety we got wolves back there wolves wolves your outside linebackers (laughs) quick a little bit quicker got panthers panthers not as big as strong as a lion which is your middle line you would kind of think panthers might be on like the the cornerback but i'm curious keep going you'll, you'll get there excuse me middle linebacker lion i mean that's the king king of the the jungle jungle. um but again for your cornerbacks Never mind. Never mind. I'll hold. I'll hold my thought. I'll hold my thought. Cheetahs quicker cheetahs, than Panthers. Okay. How? I mean, are we trust like so? Cheetahs though, you're not getting very many interceptions. I'm just saying. I mean, you don't need interceptions to be great. If you just shut you down to, corner, I mean, no, you want to the win ball. the turnover battle in some like that's that's a fact. I mean, you do. I, that's why I got Panthers and freaking Lions making sacks and tackles. Mm, we'll see. All right, keep going. You don't think a wolf could give a good bite? For a good strip or something? Well, I mean, if it bite, that's a 15-yard penalty, so you better control okay, your fucking good team. nose tackle fumble, you know? It's yeah, I mean, but, like, is like, what if I'm running a grizzly bear at tight end? Well, what if I'm running a grizzly bear at defensive end, which is the next one? Well, I mean, my grizzly bear will be down the field. <laughs> All right, keep going, sorry. Defensive tackles. Rhinos, which I... Yeah, great pick. I, 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 I think mean, that's a good. fucking rhino. Yeah. Offensive tackles, Offensive too. Offensive line. We've got hippos. Hippos. Okay, here's where I disagree. Can I give you a suggestion for offensive line that I think is being overlooked and would be so good? Okay. Kangaroo. 
one, you have this, you have a center. They can snap, and then the way they kick out. That is called downfield running. You what can if they miss, though? It's like one big, you know, you get under I like mean, that. Okay. I'd rather have I a have big. kangaroos playing football. Ju- I'm accepting I mean, that I'd some things might not go perfect for me. Basically, like dinosaurs just stand there and not move. Mm, see, no, what you over. have with the kangaroos is you can do like the left tackle pull and get the kangaroo into space with some downfield running, and it will obliterate the you shit like out these, of your panther. You know, like rhinos or hippos, man. It's well, I just think the hippos, weak because it's going to want water. How much Gatorade do you have? I mean, if you get to play a hippo, I'm putting in a bottlenose dolphin at quarterback, and I have fucking sonar, and it's going to come up with like an offense for me. See, There's I, an oasis right outside the stadium. <laughs> well, unless the oasis is in on the field, that is not helping that hippo. All right. They're right also back. very mean. Probably a lot of penalties. Here's a quote. The hippopotamus is the Oakland Raider of the animal kingdom. There's Gross. a lot of evidence to back that up. I can, so I'm pretty I sure agree. they kill a lot of people. All right, Running sorry. back, Tiger. You got your wide receiver. You have ostriches. I had that. Wow. I have you had that, ostriches I have as that, wide receivers? Yeah, I have that written down right there. Well, because you think, I mean, like, one, the they're going to go really fast, but they also have some sort of height, and you could maybe catch it with their weird, like, feather butt thing. Just, like, lands on a pillow. Yeah, like how they, like, have eggs and shit. Can you guess the quarterback? The quarterback? Like, I mean, it really should be gorilla, but is it gorilla? It's ape. Ape? Okay, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, I have a couple wild cards I want to throw out. At Last you. one, tight oh. end, grizzly bear, horses. That's stupid. <laughs> That's your all animal team, everyone. All right, but I have a couple things I want to throw out as well. I think the kangaroo offensive line with a gorilla. So if you run the I formation with a kangaroo offensive line, a gorilla is your quarterback, a, a rhino is your fullback, and then like I, I, I'd say panther is your running back. I don't think anyone's stopping that. But so one pa- other thing I want to, Dustin, our good friend Dustin, who does the music at the beginning of this song, or of this podcast, Jedi, you can follow him on uh, Twitter, he brought out a good point the other day. The squirrel. Hear me out. Hear me out with the squirrel. Okay. You got to accept one thing if you have squirrels on, as your whole football team. You're not playing defense. Like, I mean, what? We, the, you're not going to be able to stop the rhino. Maybe if you get enough squirrels, though, you can get, force some fumbles. Because if you all swarm like 11 squirrels on one rhino, you can maybe wiggle the ball out. But here's here's the caveat. I think those squirrels might have the best offense. Because how is a rhino going to tackle a squirrel? The squirrel can just go under him. And, I mean, I guess like if Our, a squirrel's uh, playing, we have to make the balls a little smaller. I was going to say, are we junior-sized or professional? Well, I, mean, I guess we're assuming that these squirrels have big enough hands to hold a football, as in terms of all these animals. Okay. Um, I think the squirrel's really underrated. And also, like, a mole or, like, those prairie things that, like, jump up and down out of the ground. Like, I mean, you dig into the field as long as you're not playing on turf. Pretty good call. Moles. Moles. Love moles. Um, hmm. All right. Let's move on to some NBA gossip. I actually thought that was pretty fun. Um, if you guys have ideas for what you think, um, let us know. And if you like that, we'll do some more of that. I was thinking we could do an all-presidential basketball team Oh yeah, we of the U.S. presidents. We sure. put together like the best starting five. I already have a lot of ideas about that, <laughs> not shockingly. But um, last thing we're going to do, we're going to finish with just some NBA gossip. Um, Victor Oladipo set to come back January 29th. Um, I know that mean, he's not going to come back probably and play all those games, but, I mean, we've missed Victor Oladipo for, like, almost a full year now, so I'm really excited to see him come back. Um, Kevin Love hates the Cavs. 
He just had a couple meltdowns, but then he recently apologized for acting like a 13-year-old instead of a 31-year-old. I like Kevin Love. I think he's in a tough situation in Cleveland, but he also got paid like $200 million or whatever. So, I mean, deal with it. Um, and also on the Cavs really quick, I thought this was funny. So John Beeline, former coach of Michigan, now he is the head coach of the Cavs, got into some hot water with his players because during a team meeting he called said they were playing like a bunch of thugs. And then one of his assistants, I guess, told him that he said that, and he said, I said that? I thought I said slugs. Hmm. Do you buy that? No. Neither do I, but I just think that I, it's I don't hilarious think a grown that a grown man said s- is saying that slugs. slugs. I don't think. She said pugs? Yeah. <laughs> pugs. <laughs> um, Could be a good animal. Uh, ooh, another thing. Um, so this is kind of just inter- I thought this was interesting. So you know the House of Highlights? Yeah, the like Twitter and Instagram. So the guy who created that is like Omar. I'm, I I know. I've like I looked it up. So he created it with some other guy, I think. But so he's ran that account, and that account has just killed it on his like every social media platform because it has the highlights so quick, and that's what people use social media for a lot of the time because they don't. A lot of people don't even watch all the games; they just get the highlights so much. He got he runs the Sports Center account now. They like got him out and so now when you go to the sports center instagram account it's like hey i'm omar send me your so they're literally trying to turn the sports center instagram account into house of highlights which no fucking shit you should have done that like what the <laughs> fuck it's like your sports center. you should have done this like eight years ago but i guess they're finally catching on as espn does and then um one last thing for you big dog a couple words come on let's do it i'm wearing a steph curry jersey everyone <laughs> That is the words oh that Steph God. Curry said to Giannis Antetokounmpo. You were talking about gamer tags. I looked into it. Oh yeah, yeah. They were talking. They just want to play Xbox together. That's yeah, come it. on. They Maybe don't... they want to win a, f- a win, win a ring, a few rings. No, together. they just want to stay connected on the road. Come together. on, let's do it. No. Come on, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. No. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that, and I'll you just stay say... with the Bucks. Sorry, I was going to ask you though because I saw thirty-four in a in a Golden State uniform. Would you trade for Ben nice. Simmons? Because I saw there was like D'Angelo. I'd rather have Carl Anthony Towns. But what if so you would save? I I mean you probably jump on Ben Simmons if you're given the opportunity. Yeah. We're also on a first round for the Simmons. Do you do that? I don't know. We're also on a first round for Cat. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, come on, let's do it. We'll leave it at that. This has been the Pineapple Couch. Thank you, Big Dog, as always. Um, follow us on Instagram and YouTube at the Pineapple Couch. Give us a five-star review. Have a great weekend. Enjoy football. Fuck LeBron. Go 49ers. Love you. Goodbye.